When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. That's not a disclaimer of, of any kind. We're going to go beat the heck out of Florida State. Johnny Wilson and Keon Coleman at Florida State. Neither one of those would be a top two receiver at LSU. Nice to see you guys again. It's been too long. We're going to go beat the heck out of Florida State. Give me the LSU Tigers getting a hot start this particular season with Jake Day. One, I one sentence. SEC, ACC, LSU. down from the two-yard line. Daniels scanning, now trying to create. He'll be dropped back at the 15. There's a slant on first down. Gets made by Coleman. Coleman, his first touchdown. Neither one of those would be a top two receiver at LSU. Hooping throw for the end zone. Battle. Coleman. Touchdown. Neither one of those would be a top two receiver at LSU. We're here all the time, Tom, and we can see that they have legitimate stars at wide receiver and tight end. 17-14, Bayou Bengals at the break. Dirty little secret, everybody. We don't suck anymore. This team's about to whoop some ass. Offense, I told you, scored every time we have the ball in the second half. This team's about to whoop some ass. It looks like on top of me, so everybody just follow me. Flips it out, and wide open is Troy Feely. With a convoy, makes a cut, still going. The huge fourth down conversion. And now playing fast, just walking in the end zone is Jordan Travis. This team's about to whoop some ass. Travis from the pocket, long looping throw. And that man again, Keon Coleman has a hat trick in his first game with Florida State. Neither one of those would be a top two receiver at LA. Travis on the move, and he flips it wide open. And Florida State may have just stuck the dagger in LSU. Dirty little secret, everybody. We don't suck anymore. This team's about to whoop some ass. It's been too long. What is our objective at Florida State? Get better! But don't just talk about it. We're going to go beat the heck out of Florida State. Because everybody in the country will talk about what they want to do. Very few will actually live it out to go get it. This team's about to whoop some ass. It's nice to see you guys again. Good afternoon and welcome, everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio. 
and WarChat TV. Good looking out, T. Lizzie. Good job as always. And happy Balls Wednesday to all of you and yours. I'm Jeff. That's Tom, Director Matthew. Here as always on Twitter, it's at Jay Cameron Show. And away we go. Now the week, it is short. It happens fast. Florida State. Take it on Southern Miss, and there's an exhale, I'm sure, as they go through this one um, this week. A little sore, probably a little tired, a little worn down, I would imagine, but at the same time, um, really riding uh, sort of the euphoria and the buzz that comes from uh, winning a game like that. Now they'll clean up their mistakes and try to get better. Uh, you heard Mike there talking about you know, mantras there at Florida State and the objective to get better every day. And and they actually, that's one of the amazing parts of this significant win. Uh, to win the game the way they did, and especially in that second half, uh, that's fun. That's great. It's awesome. And it elicits the response you've seen. There's a buzz nationally and certainly here locally. And this fan base is giddy and very, very optimistic. Actually, the way the weekend kind of played out, too, if you think about it, Tom, not just that Florida State won the game uh, in the fashion that they did and put the, put themselves in a position now uh, to to matter and be uh, mentioned within you know those four or five teams all year long that will be considered as a college football playoff candidate, but, but, but also because their arch rival in Florida looked awful in the game against Utah, and didn't show a lot of promise in that game. And then you turn around and your arch nemesis right now in the ACC, who we've been talking about for two years, were showing signs of cracks. Some, uh, you know, just some some things here and there that kind of led you to believe that there was a disconnect and maybe some noise in the system, as they like to say, at uh, Clemson, South Carolina. Well, they go out and lay an egg, and it doesn't really matter that they turned it over a gazillion times inside the red zone. The fact is... They have fallen a level. They've lost three of their last four games. A Clemson team that played poorly in the past would still win that game. They're not good enough to do that anymore. Now if they don't play well, they get beat. And so you're seeing weakness in teams that you have to beat in order to A, achieve your goals, and B, win recruiting battles, and C, matter nationally. So everything kind of lined up with the first weekend of college football and then you have the second half that you did in prime time with the nation watching, and oh, were they watching. Those numbers are huge too, as has been reported. It couldn't have set up any better. But what I like about this team, and what I think is important now, is again, it's one week. And one week is always, at the start of every college football season, for as long as they've been playing it, a time for everybody to overreact the good and the bad. We know that, right? We've seen big wins, quote-unquote, from teams in the past only to follow it up with lackluster seasons. We've seen awful losses from teams of yesteryear only to see them go on to have good seasons. And I'm not just talking about Florida State. I'm talking about everybody. This is how college football is played. This is how football is played. Sometimes you, you see that. And so there are overstated proclamations a lot of times. Florida State, though, is in a good position to handle the praise that is coming their way because they thought of themselves before that game as that team. They thought they were the team that beat LSU out uh, and, and uh, blew LSU out. They, they thought they were that team. They walked onto that field thinking that was a distinct possibility. What happened in the game was a distinct possibility. But they also made a ton of mistakes for an entire half of football. 
So if you're a coach, you love it. You are set. You got the result that you wanted and needed. You got the reward for the players for all of the hard work and all of the buy-in and the off-season that they committed themselves to, to each other, to the program, and to themselves. They got the just their just due. They got the win. But they also get to look at tape that says, man, you can be a lot better. And they know ultimately, since their goal was always to make the college football playoff and compete for a national title, that ultimately you'll have to play a lot better. You'll have to be a lot more buttoned up. You can't have entire halves where you play that way. Now, you might look at the schedule and say to yourself, yeah, you can. Yes, against several of the teams. But if you're chasing perfection, if you're chasing a national championship, your goal along the way should always to be getting better and better and better. And as coaches like to say, and this coach has said it numerous times, it's not about them. It's about us. And so you have all the ammunition you need, a big win, the results that come with it, the buzz that comes with it, the euphoric celebration, and yet the mistakes to learn from and grow from and get better and the perfection to pursue. It's a perfect scenario for Florida State. And the TV ratings that go with it when you're trying to make inroads with recruits and make inroads as a brand, and you saw those numbers and nearly 10 million people tuned in, over 10 million at the at the peak, but the rating was in the nines for Florida State and LSU, which is one of the highest Sunday night games in history. Uh, rivaled only recently by Notre Dame and Texas on a Sunday night. I was at that football yeah, game. You were. And those two teams went on to not matter. And it felt like in the moment that game was of major significance in the grand scheme of the college football conversation. It was a classic. It went to overtime. Really enjoyed myself that night. And those teams, neither of them, were good at all by season's end. The good news is because Florida State returned so many players year over year, I know what I'm looking at better. So do you. Because these are all the same guys. These are guys that were capable of winning 10 games last year. They've only gotten better. So I don't believe that the same fate that befell Notre Dame and Texas will no. fall on even even LSU to a degree. Florida State and LSU in this game. I, I don't think they're both frauds. In fact, I think Florida State is legit, and I think Florida State is legitimately scary because you can make that many errors in a game, and you probably still should have dropped 55 to 60 on LSU. That is terrifying. Yeah, we, we argued all, all offseason that this offense would be largely unstoppable. When I say argue, we made the argument for the fact that this offense has just too many weapons, too many ways to beat you, and an offensive line that can give a star quarterback time to make plays to these guys. LSU's corners are going to be problematic for them all year long. If they face good offenses or good receivers, they're going to give up big yards. They're not going to get stops. Um, now, I do think – other aspects of that team are very good. It will be fascinating to see how their season progresses. It's in Florida State's best interest if that LSU team is to go on to have success. I think it it would it'd be nice to see them go on and do that, not because I'm rooting for LSU, but because every win that LSU gets, like last year, makes Florida State look all the better. I mean, last year when LSU went on to win the West – Certainly, it was nice that you had that win in your back pocket. Oh, okay, well, the Florida State hasn't beaten anybody. They beat the West champions who beat Alabama. I mean, that was the one win you could go back and, you know, use to refute. Um, so, I love it. You know, I mean, I, I will say at the end of the day, I think LSU will not win the West this year. I think they've got some holes in the secondary that is going to be problematic for them. 
And I'm not sure Jaden Daniels is a good enough passer. You, you're going to have to do better under pressure than to fall down and have the kinds of problems. He, he can run like the wind blows. We all know it. But those numbers that you brought forth in third and Lang and that we talked about in the pregame show and that we witnessed during this football game, when he gets pressure between the tackles, he's dead in the water, he's, he's rat-trapping, and he falls to the ground. Uh, that's problematic for, for them. We'll see if he gets any better. Because that was the talk – of the offseason was that he had gotten much more comfortable within the offense, much more comfortable throwing the ball from the pocket. Eh, not so sure. Well, the thing that's very telling to me about the circumstances at that position in that market for that program is Brian Kelly still doesn't believe in him. In halftime, they're up 17 to 14, and he's pissed off about making the wrong decisions on reads. And if you go back and look at a couple of those moments, one of the fourth down stops, there is no good answer. The defense completely swallowed up both options for Jaden Daniels on a read. But if Brian Kelly at 17-14 to 14 after this whole offseason of talking about he's our guy, there's nobody else, is openly dogging his quarterback as he's jogging into the halftime locker room, that's that could create some issues for them culturally, direction-wise. There's no synergy in the offense. You could see that rearing its head. But the thing is, I don't know that LSU's offensive line is going to face a defensive front as gifted and deep as Florida State's, but maybe once or twice more on their schedule this year? Yeah, Nussmeyer is said to be a much better passer, and there is a sentiment within that group that at some point he'll take the reins. I'm kind of curious to see if he would. Now, the problem you have is that traditionally, LSU, using just your classic hand-the-ball-to-the-running-back style runs, got nothing. They had one long run or else it's really nothing. Uh, that Those totals are uh, dreadful. The D-line was something. Yeah, the D-line dominated F- LSU's offensive line. So, it'd be fascinating to see. You may end up having to need Jaden Daniels, but we'll let them worry about what they need and what they're going to do. They took this ass kick and it's time for them to figure out what they can do as they sit in shambles and Florida State sits prominently inside the top five, ready to whoop some ass this weekend against Southern Miss and go to 2-0 and and continue to further the buzz surrounding a program that announced its presence nationally with authority by winning the game the way that they did. And it's always fun for all of us here locally. This is why I went on the talking point that I did well before this game that we always know before the national media does for the good and the bad we know when it's unraveling when it's about to go into the side of the mountain and there may not be evidence of it on the field just yet but you can sense it off the field and since we're there and we know that and we talk to the coaches and players you get a sense of it and we also know when it's on the cusp of being great again that's why I brought that up too I got the sense that nationally there were plenty of people who thought Florida State was good I, I won't buy into the narrative that people didn't think Florida State was good. They're preseason top 10. Obviously, people recognized Florida State was good. They just didn't know how good, clearly. They just didn't know how loaded this offense truly was. Now they do. Now everybody does. There will be no escaping the fact that Florida State will be a favorite now in every game that they play. That might very well include that Clemson game on the road here in a few weeks. After what happened to Clemson in a 28-7 game against Duke, given some of the whispers surrounding that program of an unhappy marriage, then perhaps Florida State will go up there and be a three-and-a-half, four-and-a-half, five-and-a-half point favorite. Who knows? We didn't predict that in the offseason. We also weren't so sure Duke would pound Clemson, at least by the score. I know the game was not representative of the yardage gained and the times in the red zone and all those other things. Uh, but now all of a sudden it gets fascinating because how do you handle that? And again, I'm making the point in the opener here on the heels of that great montage. I think this team is mature enough to handle what comes with those kinds of wins. Not every team is. Not every team, when they ascend to this level, now it's rarefied air. 
when you're in that group of four or five teams that could quote unquote win a national championship, the pressure now there's only one way to go, and that's down most of the time. And with that comes the heat, right? You get everybody's best shot, and you get it for two reasons. One, teams want to make a name for themselves, and they can do it on the back of an upset win over you. And then number two, people look at film pretty quickly and realize, if we don't play well, we'll get blown the hell out. Athletes are very prideful people. All of us who've ever competed in anything and fancied ourselves a halfway decent competitor or athlete do not want to get humiliated. We don't want, we don't want to be shamed and embarrassed. So teams that have some ability like Pitt, teams that have some ability like Duke, teams that have some ability like Miami, who last year lost at home 45-3, to they're all going to give you everything they got because they know if they don't, they'll get blown out that you can embarrass them. You have the kind of talent that you can humiliate them. Yeah, and it'll be tendency breakers because they're going to save stuff for you. Their back's going to be against the wall. Like Clemson is going to be desperate when we play them in three weeks' time. Now, will they be fortified enough to do something about it? We'll see. We'll see. But they're going to be desperate. So many teams will be desperate when we play them. And that's why like, there's a challenge this week. It's a short week. you got to keep the kids motivated. I think if you're the coaching staff and you're Mike Norvell, you're saying, if I can get them to show up and be professional about this effort, that is a great sign moving forward because the circumstances of a blowout in a really physical game against a top-five opponent and then turning around and having to play against an underwhelming opponent where the film is not going to scare you, if they're mature enough to handle that and prepare for this opponent, then I think I'm, I feel pretty good about their buy-in for the rest of the season. And... To a degree, I think that's true. But last year, recall, we did beat LSU, and then Mike Norvell said, I want to see us blow a team out, and they did against Boston College. You know, they ran back the opening kick, but that was a laugher, and Mike Norvell said, I challenged the team. I wanted them to be able to blow an opponent out, and they answered that challenge. Well, they still went from that place to a lull in the middle of the season in the three straight games against ranked yeah, opponents. Right. So you're never going to take your foot off the gas if you're Mike Norvell, but I think this has been, and I know from having seen practice today, that there is an emphasis on guys, do not back off. I know you're sore. That was a crazy game. Adrenaline, physicality, short week, but stay locked in. And if they can do that this week and next against Southern Miss and Boston College, I feel even better about their chances to handle the moment on the road to Clemson. Something that's true that should help them in that endeavor is, I'm going to get into it next, Jeff Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply hello there podcasters oh don't worry i won't prattle on for two minutes like i do with some of the other reads zaxby's doesn't demand it of me <laughs> Zaxby's like, look, just tell everybody that we have the best chicken sandwich in all the land. That's easy. I can do that. I can attest to that. A delicious, thick, juicy, tasty Zaxby's chicken sandwich is where it's at. Of course, the strips are a given. 
You like the strips. We get the strips on game days. The platters are lifesavers. Mm-hmm. If you're going to a party, pool party, say, this summer, and what do I bring? Just bring a beer giant thing. No. and Zaxby's. Worry about the beer. You bring the Zaxby's, you're going to be the hero. Just huh? make sure you get all the sauces, too. They've got like 97 sauces, and they're all delicious. I don't know if you guys know this. There are 27 Zaxby's in Tallahassee alone. 27. You can't miss them. I think that's true in general in every city in America. They're like so, peach trees in Atlanta. They're everywhere. Look around. Find you a Zaxby's and get after it. By the way, your Tallahassee Zaxby's a proud Golden Chief booster for 18 years. Go Knowles. Welcome back to the Jeff Cameron Show, sponsored by Legendary Home Loans, a mortgage experience designed around speed, simplicity, and customer service. Before you buy your next home, contact our friend Shannon Young with Legendary Home Loans. Visit FSUHomeLoans.com. FSUHomeLoans.com. Jeff Cameron, Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Good to be with you. Happy it's already Balls Big Wednesday. Hey, tonight, Tom and I will get together a special time. Instead of 7 o'clock, it will be at 6 o'clock. 6 o'clock, JCS Interactive. Uh, you guys are doing me a solid by allowing us to do this show at 6 o'clock tonight instead of 7. i got to get to my son's football game. You know, that is an annoyance as an aside. Uh, not... Not not mad at my son's football team or, or or high schools in general, but you know, like that there's a willy nilly nature to the scheduling with middle school and high school football. It's like, yeah, middle schools are playing on Tuesdays and JVE plays Thursdays and high schools, you know, varsity plays Friday. Until they don't and we just move the games around because what the hell? Yeah, this one's gonna be on Wednesday this week, Wednesday next week, Thursday the week after that. Then we'll flip around and make this Monday, and then you'll play on a Thursday, and then maybe we'll get back to playing on a Thursday, Friday at some point. Damn it, man. Jeff Cameron, County Superintendent, Collision Course. What are we doing Let's here? Do it. Enough with the nonsense. There's always something at somebody's field. Oh, well, this field just they need to stop it. Play the damn game when it's supposed to be played. But I digress. Sorry. Off point. Uh, I'll race out the door, miss precious little of that football game, and then we'll go from there. I said before the break that Florida State, something is true about teams like this and and, and the games that you're going to play against lesser opponents and Mike Norvell talking about, you know, I know you're tired and I know you're sore and you know, don't let off the gas, guys. Stay focused. There's a dirty secret here, and that is that no team, no team, not Alabama, not Georgia, nobody. Not the 2013 Knowles, not anybody. Goes out and plays with great intensity and fierce focus every Saturday. No matter how a coach implores them to do so. It's uh, an emotional, physical, violent, exhausting game football. Now you say, well, you only got 13 of them. You can get locked in. Yeah, you can get locked in. You can get focused to do your job. But the emotional roller coaster that comes with winning a huge football game elicits a response. It takes a toll. And it means that you ought not be that emotionally charged to play football 
every week, you can't possibly get to that place. Now, you can be locked in, you can be focused, and you can be businesslike. You can do your job, and hopefully your athleticism and your toughness and the hard work you've put in to put yourself in a position to win games at that point obviously takes hold, bigger, stronger, faster. I don't care how emotional Southern Miss might very well be to play this game. And to be sure, those players will be sky high. Wouldn't you be if you were a significant underdog about to take on Florida State? What a great opportunity for those kids. Those kids who, like our kids, grew up playing football and dreamt of the day that they could run out into a stadium that looks like that of Doe Campbell. To come out of that tunnel and to see 80,000 strong or thereabouts, that amazing rush of adrenaline that you feel, it's something every kid's dreamt of. Now, Florida State basically just did it, and all of these guys have done it a lot that play for Florida State. But for Southern Miss, oh, man, they'll be the more emotionally charged team for this game. I assure you, it probably won't matter. I'll bet on that, too. Coaches love to tell teams, don't back off. Stay at this level of intensity. You're going to need it, men. No, no, they don't. They don't need it. Coaches say those things because they think they're supposed to and they have to. Players don't pay attention to it. They'll go play, and they'll play hard. Hopefully, they'll play smart. Hopefully, they'll clean up the mistakes that they made. But it's impossible to sustain the emotional energy that coaches are imploring players to play with every week, no matter the opponent. Can't do it. You've only got probably four or five of those in a season, maybe. Everybody understands what's at stake. Everybody everybody can look at the film. They can see what the matchup is. There are teams that get your players' attention and teams that don't. The eye in the sky doesn't lie. You can look at it all day long and you'd say, well, I don't care how much we need to stay focused here, Coach. North Alabama ain't beating us this weekend. Bigger, stronger, faster is going to win this one. Sorry. Just is. But it's important that they do the dance that they are doing because if you're a parent, and you know this better than I, and you relax restrictions on a bedtime a standard, or a routine, sure. you, know, you might actually verbalize a standard and then let your son slide in a situation but if if you don't verbalize the standard anymore then it just doesn't exist so i think they this is an exercise i i know what you're saying against human nature especially in a situation like this perhaps it's a futile exercise but it's one that mike norvell still needs to go through because this is also a team a couple of players have said in the past year that after they got off to the hot start that they did before the three straight ranked games that they might have looked at that a little bit more casually than they should have last year, which is a lesson learned. That's an important one because Wake Forest, NC State, and Clemson at the time, especially before NC State had a quarterback injury, I mean, come on, guys. That should get your attention. You you haven't arrived yet. You haven't done a thing. And so hopefully that's the attitude that's pervasive. The thing that gives me a lot of confidence about that is even in the postgame on Sunday night, you've got every reason to be thrilled because – you have an awful first half, but you finish with a flourish in a way that you did not last year. It's the opposite of last year. Last year, you played very well in the first half. You only had a four-point lead to show for it. This year, you played poorly. You've got a three-point deficit. And then last year, you own the third quarter, and then you crash at the end, but thankfully, you hold on for dear life. This year, you finish, boom. you just punishing blow and haymaker one after the other, 
And yet, in the post-game locker room, well, we can get so much better. We can get so much better. And that's not Coach saying that. That's Jordan Travis saying that. Well, they can, and they know it. They know what they left on the field. They know the mistakes they made. Jordan Travis knows some of the ill-advised throws in that first half. Some of those decisions were crazy, and it's really out of character for him. And then from there, obviously, gathered himself and played a great second half and was really uh, sure of himself, made big throws, bought some time within the pocket, did a good job. I just thought it was a tale of two halves for him. It was very fascinating to watch that play out. You know, you chalk that up to first game jitters, first game period. You know, it's 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 a very different animal than practice, very different animal than camp. And so, uh, you know, you, you could see that from time to time. But I, I think the good news is it's in your rear view and you won a football game and you won a football game going away against a, a top 10 team. So you you really could not have asked for anything more if you're a coach. You get the learning lessons, you get the film that you want, you get the big victory that you want, you get the buzz surrounding your program, you get the boost in recruiting prowess, you get the opportunity to teach, you get all of the things that a coach could want after a game like that. Doesn't always work out that way. You know, oddly enough, if you win a game like that 56 to nothing, you might have a greater challenge than what you have after winning a game like that 45-24. I totally agree. Yes, there's a whole lot in every phase of the game that you can say, "Mm, we need to tighten up here, and Mm. you're right to do so. Adam Fuller spoke to the media today, and he talked more about the first half than he did the second because of the things he was pissed about. Yeah, you're always pursuing perfection. You're pursuing perfection in the hopes that you run into excellence along the way, and so you got these opportunities where you're like, what is that? Guys, first play of the game. We lose track of a back out of the backfield. What, What are we doing here? Uh, there are a lot of things that he can put on tape and say, that is that ain't it, and we'll get beat by better teams if that happens. You can tell that there are guys that Adam Fuller trusts implicitly at this point already with a first impression of a game. But then after camp, you know, it's, it's a culmination of a lot of work that we don't see, even the media. We don't see the summer workouts that the guys go through. And Josh Farmer's one of them. He was, he was very pleased with what Josh has become. And then Kevin Knowles is another. That's a news and note from practice today. Mike Norvell revealed something that we knew for a while but that Kevin Knowles has had a lingering injury throughout camp. It limited him for what he could do on Sunday in that safety rotation. Dude came out on fire in camp. Kevin Knowles looked like a completely different dude, a lot heavier, a lot stronger, a lot more explosive, and then he wasn't available for a lot of camp. And now he's back to full speed, and Adam Fuller said, oh, that's a guy I trust after practice today. He's one I trust. Yeah, uh, one of the things that... um I, I, when I'm talking about teams' emotional roller coasters and the you know, coaches imploring guys to stay way up here, there's just a fine line. Is all I'm getting at. I'm getting at. I think. I think you you don't always have to play with that same emotion to dominate. You can have a mindset that speaks to domination. You can have a group that wants to destroy teams. Now they can do it unemotionally. I thought the 2013 teams at times, just it was a matter of understanding that the guy across from you couldn't play. And this was a great opportunity, not not to your level, and this was a great opportunity to put in that work and get some other guys some work and get yep. off the field. Yep. There were times they just dismantled people almost rudely. Like, you, you kind of, you really don't deserve to be on the same field with us. We know it, you know it, and I know it. We looked at the film, you looked at the film, you know the deal. Here comes this ass kicking, now I'm going to let my boy play because he works hard too. Right, and there were times that perhaps they were playing hangman on the sidelines, yeah. and that's all funny, but they were the number one fans of you those know, the younger players yeah. or yeah. maybe the career backups or whatever it is. When it's their time to get on the field, in some cases as early as the second quarter in 2013, which is just absurd, but you watch them stand on the sidelines and line it. You know, their hands are right on their shoulder pads and they're watching, they're cheering their guys on. It was great to see. And I think we have an opportunity to see an awful lot of that this year with this young secondary that got a lot of run. The coaching staff could 
not be more effusive of what they saw out of the secondary in fall camp. Typically, they like to you know tamp down expectations, mm-hmm. but you do what you're supposed to on Saturday. You're going to see Brock Glenn. You're going to see the secondary. And, folks, uh, you're going to see more Rodney Hill. Does that get you excited? Because that gets me excited for the entirety of the game, not just to see if the starters can do what they're supposed to do. I think that you'll see Rodney Hill regardless. Uh, correct. I, I, I mean, that that, correct. He's one of those guys you're going to see either way. But th- th- because they've recruited enough depth now that they have plus players almost within every segment group um, that don't always get a chance to play unless it's a blowout, then you get excited because you know that, hey, that guy right there is a true freshman or this guy's a redshirt freshman waiting his turn or this guy here is going to be a starter next season. And, you know, this is also how you keep people happy. Talk about it a lot. When you bring in a lot of transfer portal guys, you run the risk of offending those that you brought in from the high school ranks. If it's a situation where a guy's put in two years, worked his ass off, and now transfer portal guy comes in, one of the ways that you keep him happy is that even though he might initially be annoyed by that decision, if he still plays a lot and has a chance to grow and get better and put himself in a position to start next year, he's not just standing on the sideline. Yeah, he's going to be all right. He'll he'll get by. But if, if you're doing too much standing, a whole lot of thinking about what just transpired and the opportunity passed over, yeah, that can get frustrating. So playing lots of guys is important, and that only happens if you take care of business and blow teams out. And look, you know, these guys are, as a group, they play together, they like each other, but there is an individual element to college football that didn't exist on this level. You know, the top players always were taken care of at big-time programs, wink, wink, nod, nod. But now it's so pervasive into the second and third level of your two-deep with your freshmen and whatever that if you can get on the field in these circumstances, you're increasing your leverage in a lot of ways moving forward because the film is out there. Like Rodney Hill, it was important for him and his brand power that he got out there for four games last year and that he balled out in a couple of them. you got to put that on film that it exists in college football as well. Malik McLean was a rotational piece last year, but he got an offer from Penn State. You don't do that without making your way onto the field in some important moments, even if Johnny Wilson and Micah Pittman and Pokey Wilson were out there more often than you. You still can build a resume for yourself. So the fun part about watching practice now these days is that those reps in the second wave and the third wave, yeah. uh, third wave, excuse me, are still being competed over. You've got enough dudes here that it's not assured that I'm a primary backup. If I'm Hakeem Williams, I got to have a good week of practice because there's like four other dudes that could take my snaps. And this is a talking point of Nick Saban at an elite program like Alabama where he says that competition never ends and nobody's job is ever safe. Now, that's not true. Certain guys have starting jobs that are very secure. If I'm a three-year starter at Alabama, I'm an All-American, and I'm going to go in the first round of the draft, I have a feeling I could have a bad week of practice, and I'm probably going to play. Good chance he's going to roll me out there on Saturday. But you get the larger point which is to say that very few players, he won't say that, but very few players have secured positions week to week because when you bring in elite talent and you bolster your roster and raise the floor, then competition happens every day with an opportunity for somebody to kick down the door. And they have to believe that that's real. It's very important that those kids understand that they may not have won the starting job coming out of camp, but it ain't over. Like I got, I've got weeks ahead of me in which I can continue to learn and get better and put in the time and the reps and focus, and I might surpass the guy that earned the right to start over me in week one. It could happen. He's been here longer, but I'm more talented and I know it, and I'm going to find a way. Make sure that competition stays fresh 
every day. I believe that to be true. Yeah, and when you're an elite program, it's it's for the twos. You're competing for the twos just as much as you are the ones. So if you are, let's say, a receiver here, I used that example before, but if you're Hakeem Williams or Vandravis Jacobs or Goldie Lawrence or Kentron or Darion or Deuce, if you're on the offensive line, if you're Jalen Early or Julian Armella or Kaniah Charlton, if you're Justin Cryer at linebacker, Omar Graham, Blake right. Nicholson, I mean, yeah, your job's not done. Just because we're up by 40 doesn't mean you're going in. you got to beat these other guys you're around in order to get some run. And that's when, again, even in a week where you're doing a lot of scout team work, every rep matters because they're grading every one of your reps. And if you want to get in against Southern Miss, if we can handle business on the road to Boston College and you want to get in there in the second half, you better do the right things on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. It's Jeff Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Guys, our next partner is AG1, the daily foundational nutritional supplement that supports whole body health. I drink it quite literally every single day. I began using AG1 because, I'll be honest with you, I don't like to take a bunch of pills and vitamins, and I just wanted something that tastes great, was quick, and easy to remember, so I do it. I do it every morning when I wake up. I certainly have it right after my coffee and before I work out, and I will tell you this, too. It is um, a simple, effective investment for your health. You can try AG1 and get five free AG1 travel packs and a free one-year supply of vitamin D with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash JCS. Again, that's go to, all you got to do is go to uh, drinkag1.com slash JCS. That's drinkag1.com slash JCS. Check it out. It's delicious. It's quick. It's easy. It's proven. Vitamins, probiotics, whole food source nutrients. Start your day with it. You'll feel better. I promise. The Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness, two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com. Jeff Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chant TV. And you're ready. You're good. You got it. I always worry about you just with that one, just because we don't know. And it doesn't mark it in Spotify as a language. The carryover. Uh, on Twitter, it is at Jay Cameron Show. Happy Balls McWednesday. Got a chance confirmed. We'll, um, we'll get an opportunity um, to talk to uh, Sorry, I was just distracted by a comment here. See, this is my problem. When I glance over at the comment while doing a radio show, then I get distracted because I want to answer people right away. Jeff, what's your phone uh, number? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> what room are you staying in? <laughs> well, I, I just meant, like, you know, to give you a call and talk about the Knowles. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, I was saying that we have a chance to talk to... Battles in CEO, Ingram Smith. We'll talk to him tomorrow. I look forward to it. Um, I, I actually reached out because I wanted to check back in. Uh, I would think that this would be a time to have a conversation about what just took place because, honestly, uh, Florida State is as well thought of as they can be. 
um, when it comes to the collective and, 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 and that space right now and the organization. Um, so it's fun. Um, it, it's fun to watch things come together in a way that feel like down the line as people buy in and reap the rewards of success, feel the joy in their hearts of coming to Florida State games and watching a product of this caliber, that it's sustainable. I mean, it's only sustainable if people sign up, of course, and help out. But, I mean, it's that's, that's what happens when the proof is in the pudding and you have success and roster retention became a thing. And then you go out and get a few marquee guys to help out along the way, one of those guys, frankly, being Keon Coleman. Yeah, like, I get it. He would be a third or a fourth receiver at LSU, but he's pretty good for us, and I'm glad we have him on our side. You know, it was a big, big night for Keon. He was um, really perfect from the get-go there. It was sort of a, you know, when you watch that thing play out, you're kind of like, man, that guy from day one of practice, all the players talked about it, including the most important player in Jordan Travis. They had to have a rapport, and they were able to get one because he hit the ground running ready to work. Yeah, and, and that speaks again to just what Jordan Travis is capable of doing, Mike Norvell scheming things open, because when you don't have somebody as talented as Malik Neighbors or Brian Thomas or Lacey and Keon Coleman, <laughs> it's just it's on the coach and the quarterback to make them look better than they really are. And and that's what we did on Sunday. Well, that's the mistake uh, that I that I think uh, our guy made there, is that he could have, it was on tape to go back and look at what Keon Coleman was at Michigan State. I mean, that, that's the mistake. Keon Coleman was the was the best player on the field. It's okay. If you're going to make a mistake, make it at 100 miles an hour, and that was 125. Yeah, that's a that's that's a guy right there in Keon that I mean, he's a pro receiver. I mean, that guy, I it doesn't it's it just jumps off the page when you watch guys that are going to go pro or are in the NFL. The best of those players, unless they're just exceedingly freakish athletically, you know, like there are guys that. Very rare, but they exist in the NFL that are superhuman, preternaturally gifted athletes that can do things that very few people in the world can do. Uh, and they can sometimes rely on that and almost just get by on that. There, there have been a few in my lifetime that really didn't need to be buttoned up, and they were just that kind of talented. It's very rare. It does exist, though. We've seen them. But almost everybody else that is consistently great at that position, yeah, they got to be able to run. Yeah, they got to have... You know, the ability to track the ball, make a play, use their body, high point, all those things we talk about, be physical, be tough across the middle, all of those things. But they they seem to have a work ethic and a business-like approach to understanding routes and the depth of those routes, the precision involved in the passing game, how to work with players, I mean, leverage, how to stack, do the things that give you every advantage of making a play on the football. And Keon Coleman came here and immediately looked like a guy that I would describe as one of those people in the NFL. Like, this guy here is technically sound all the time. I think the influence of Keon Coleman, more than just directly, we, we have stories already, we've told you about them, documented them, where he'll pull guys aside in camp and, and direct them on, you know, thing, little things, subtleties about how to get off on the line of scrimmage. And, you know, if, if they're going to play press on you, here's how you free yourself up, all those things. But I just think the refinement that he plays with is such a great example for these young receivers that are on campus. And one player that I get more excited every week that I go check in on him is Hakeem Williams. When he first got here, we, we've documented it. He wasn't in college football playing shape. 
He might even not have been in high school football playing shape <laughs> when he got here. Might have be heading to but, tight in. Yeah, you know, watching the, the the spring workouts and then spring camp, I'm thinking, okay, this is a player who is just bigger, stronger, and faster. Did not need to rely on technique at all. I wonder how long it's going to take for the refinement to be in his game. He has gotten so much more polished in a really quick period of time. Not saying he's going to be your third receiver or anything imminently. It's just I am very impressed with the leap that that Hakeem Williams has taken from spring to the beginning of fall camp and then even the leap from the beginning of fall camp to today. Well, I think it speaks to uh, a willingness to do a lot more work on yourself after all the success you had being one of the guys I just described as getting over on others solely based on your size and athleticism. So you get here, and it totally changes. The game changes. So my man was bigger, stronger, likely faster than most, in high school. He gets, you know, that body type plays all day, every day in high school. You can't do anything with it. You can't do anything with it. You get here, things are more complicated, playbook's a lot bigger. Guys guarding you are all studs. They were likely superstar athletes at their respective high schools, or they wouldn't be here. And you're out of shape. That size is now a hindrance to you being elite. But you're a five-star for a reason. You can't coach that size. That size is what he's got. He is 6'5", 240, whatever. He is that big a dude, and he does have hands like that, and he is immense. But he realizes, i got to lean this down so that I can really run. He has a decision to make in that moment, and he's got to make it quick because if he doesn't from spring to fall camp, it's going to be a wasted year. He's not, with all the talent that they have at wide receiver currently, he's not going to get on the field if he doesn't commit to getting in the best shape possible, and he did. So that's a testament to him. Good job. And even down to some of the details, he is now a willing blocker of defensive backs. Oh, he had a nasty block in this game away from the ball, in which that's a pancake. And he carried somebody through the boundary today. Did not appreciate it. Did the other side of the football. But that is the mm-hmm. little details. You, you, I mean, Johnny Wilson oh, had to I root go through for it, that. buddy. I root for it. Coach Dugans talked about how Micah Pittman instilled an attitude about blocking. And it freed up Coach Dugans to say, if that little man can do it, why can't you? And then it just starts the domino effect. Because now, flash forward a year, here's a true freshman who's all everything. You can't tell him anything. And then he arrives here, rude awakening. And within six months of arriving, in, you know, first day of spring camp to here, he's now blocking dudes through the sideline the way Johnny has. This is this is it, man. This is how success begets success. Yeah, and and unfinished business. Again, you got all of the things that you wanted or needed from the last game. You got the win, most importantly. That that was something you needed because you put yourself in a position now to have a hiccup along the way and still have a marquee victory. Let's hope that doesn't happen. And who knows if Clemson looks bad against say FAU. Maybe, they, maybe this is the only chance for a marquee victory. We'll, we'll see. But for Florida State, all of those mistakes serve as opportunities to teach and watch guys continue to grow and work hard. I just think that the end of last year, it was the obvious, you're 10 wins, nice. You didn't win anything. We still have to win things. So the win is great, but it's one of many that we've got to get. On to the next it's a Bill Belichick mentality. On to the next. It has to be because they haven't still won anything. We think they will. We think they're going to win the ACC. Finally kick down that door, get back atop your rightful place there, 
as the best team in the conference. But you still haven't done that, and you do go on the road against what will be a desperate Clemson team who does still have athletes. And they did run the ball successfully, quite successfully, against Duke. It was 5.9 a carry, I think Mm -hmm. it was. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of the numbers between the 20s were very good. It was a situationally awful game. Tragic. The way I look at that game, everybody thinks at midnight on Monday going into Tuesday that, oh, man. We're just going to kick the crap out of Clemson. That no, is distinctly possible. It, it, is, it possible. is possible. I, I won't predict that necessarily. Let, let's see how they respond, but yeah. I feel better about the Clemson game after watching Clemson versus Duke, but I don't feel assured the way many did. I, I'm not going to overreact to that level because now you've got a desperate bunch that has athletes. Like when we were on the way down, count 2016, I was talking to Ira at practice about this, but like 2016 I count as among those years. You do most certainly because you called it ahead of time. But it's got the Louisville loss. It's got that awful North Carolina loss, you know, where, where they go 80, you know, 60 yards in 10 seconds or whatever to kick and, and beat us. But you do have marquee wins along the way, like the Orange Bowl and some others that were very, very impressive. Yeah, we were very up and down for what we were, yeah. That Clemson team looks like the 2016 Knowles, where it's in them. It's in them to rise up. They've got enough talent to give you real problems in three weeks. They've got plenty of talent to do that. But it's not as top to bottom as it was two or three seasons ago not even close Mm. so go up there be professional about yourself once again and you've got a really good chance to win that game i I think the thing you've got to guard against against clemson is not overconfidence but being overly excited to exact revenge yep i mean i to me i i get overly excited about that like mike is going to be overly excited about that i mean you have to check yourself right because you have a chance to do that now and there have been shots taken by the way by that program towards us. Oh, 100%. But don't you think that was the failure a little bit of the first half of this previous game? They tried to win the game immediately. You know, they're just overly aggressive all over the place. Yeah, maybe. Maybe so. Uh, Trying to hit a five-run home run. Kind of an analogy. Yeah, yeah. I Also, I just thought Jordan was off in the first half. I thought he just looked a little flustered for whatever reason. He had a couple drops in there, too, obviously. Hour number two, fourth coming. Stay with Jeff Cameron Show. 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV.